Let's hop in this evening. A to Z Sports Primetime, powered by DraftKings Sportsbook, who has a great deal going on for you right now. If you head to their website, DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook, you give them that promo code you see on your screen there, A to Z Sports. Here's what they'll give you. Put a $1 bet on any NFL team to score a point, which is going to happen, right? There's already been one shutout this year, and there's typically only one a season. So you put a dollar on any NFL team to score, that happens, and that $1 bet becomes $100 in free bets, but that is only at DraftKings.com sportsbook with the promo code A to Z sports. All right, guys. So our first topic as we get into talking about Ryan Tannehill tonight, and I'm already seeing comments going in a lot of different directions, right? Mark is saying Tannehill is good. Um, let's see. There, I've seen some other comments. Lewis says, it's not Tannehill's fault. King Solomon says, please don't criticize Tannehill too much. I, I'm fired up for this show because, you know, it's already clear that, that we can all go in a lot of different directions with Ryan Tannehill. And so we're going to start with the positive. We're going to start with good Ryan Tannehill things. We are going to talk first about the, th- the, the three things that have happened with Ryan Tannehill in 2021 that we can't blame Ryan Tannehill for because as you guys have, have consistently pointed out to me whenever I've been slightly negative toward Ryan Tannehill, uh, he is dealing with things that are not his fault really at all. And there's three big ones, I think, and we're going to hop in to that list right now. The first big thing that Ryan Tannehill has just gotten unlucky with, and that is not his fault, is the play calling. Now, I want to say this about Todd Downing, first of all. Todd Downing has not been bad for the Titans in 2021. I see entirely too much fire Todd Downing nonsense on Twitter in the middle of games and at the end of games And this is coming a lot of times from the same people that are saying, hey, you can't blame Ryan Tannehill because the Titans are 8-3. and Well, I'm going to come back at you with Todd Downing with that. Todd Downing has gotten the Titans to score an 8-4, and excuse me. Todd Downing has gotten the Titans to a point where they have scored enough points to be 8-4. and You don't go 8-4 and if your offensive coordinator is so bad that he deserves to be fired. So Todd Downing has not been bad for the Titans in 2021. But you know what he hasn't also been? Good. It's been sort of right in the middle of those two extremes, right? Right in the middle of Arthur Smith, who the Titans had in 2019 and 2020, got a good head coaching job in Atlanta because of the job he did. Last year, Arthur Smith got my vote for assistant coach of the year in the pro football writers poll. Right, Arthur Smith is someone who is exceptional as an offensive coordinator for the Titans. And Todd Downing is not that. But Todd Downing also is not, you know, Terry Robisky. He's not at that level. Have there been some moments from Todd Downing that have not been great? There absolutely had. But for the most part, It's been sort of in between good and bad. And because of that, I think that Ryan Tannehill's ceiling has been limited. 
because one of the things that worked so well to his advantage in uh, 2020 and 2019 when he was putting up those exceptional numbers is the fact that Arthur Smith knew exactly how to get everything out of Ryan Tannehill and the fact that Arthur Smith was just in, in such a rhythm and in, in, in such sync with this offense that Ryan Tannehill played really well off of that. And again, while Todd Downing hadn't been awful, he hadn't been fire worthy. Um, he, he hadn't been great. It hadn't been really good necessarily. It's sort of been right in the middle. There's been, for whatever reason, a hesitancy to use play action. And one of my things with Todd Downing is Downing always talks about or, or frequently talks about, well, you know, it's hard to run play action when you're getting yourself in, you know, second and 12 and third and 11 and these behind the chain situations. You know, it's a great situation, a great solution to that problem. Running play action on first and 10. Right. Great way to not have to run play action on second, 11, third and 12 is to run it on first and 10 which the Titans are not doing enough of. That's what Ryan Tannehill's biggest strength is, is playing off of play action. And so that's the first thing that we can't blame Ryan Tannehill for as we talk about the three things that we can't blame Ryan Tannehill for tonight. We can't blame Ryan Tannehill for Todd Downing's underwhelming play calling. And I'm already seeing a lot of comments sort of going in both directions. Margie just now says, you know, it's not Tannehill's fault, can't go anywhere without much help. And that's what we're getting into with this topic, right? Because Tannehill hadn't had a whole lot of help. He hadn't had certainly the level of help that he's been used to uh, in the past. Now, Kevin makes an interesting comment here. He says that Todd Downing, at least when Todd Downing has looked good, has been a product of Derrick Henry's success. He says the easiness, how easy an offensive coordinator's job is uh, when you can just hand the ball off to Henry 30 times a game. And Kevin, I think there's something to that because you know, when you're when you're running the ball with Deontay Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard now, those guys were really good minus the fumbles on Sunday. Titans managed a pretty good run game. So I, I think you give Downing a little bit of credit for that. But you're right, Kevin. Like when you have Derrick Henry and you can just say, you know, here, turn around, give the ball to Derrick Henry. And that's like, you know, an explosive play in your back pocket. Uh, that's certainly a big thing. Steven says it's the Todd Downing curse. Ken says Todd Downing. Well, click the wrong comment. Ken says Todd Downing, his coach, just good enough to earn another shot next season. Isn't that what you want, though? Like, I, I get the comment in the sense of, well, he hasn't been so bad that he deserves to be fired. It's like, is, is that what you want? Like, you would rather him have been bad than be what he is? And what I would be saying if I were a Titans fan is, I think there's potential for better with Todd Downing because we saw at times this offense in a rhythm and scoring a lot of points when, as uh, the comment we looked at a second ago pointed out, when Derrick Henry is out there. Uh, let's see. Titans Rossi says, another thing they only dress four wide receivers. What's up with that? Well, we're going to get into the personnel in just one sec, one, one second. But that that's thing number one that we can't blame Ryan Tannehill for as we evaluate his 2021 season is we can't blame him for Todd Downing being an underwhelming play caller. The second thing we can't blame him for is the pass protection. There has yet to be a game in 2021 where all five regular Titans starters on the offensive line, right, Taylor Lewan, Roger Saffold, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, David Quesenberry, those five guys have not played an entire game together 
in 2021. Now, Aaron Brewer has done a nice job filling in for Nate Davis at times, but the offensive line has been all over the place, both in terms of performance and availability. Taylor Lewan was a disaster in week one and has been week to week in a lot of cases. Roger Sappold took him half the season before he was able to consistently make it all the way through games. Ben Jones' age has shown at times this season, and though he's tough as nails and never really has to leave games, it's still a problem, the fact that he's constantly seeming to be dealing with something. Nate Davis has been in concussion protocol for multiple weeks now. That's obviously a concern. And the only really consistent part, which is so bizarre, is David Quesenberry, who, correct me if I'm wrong, he started every game for the Titans this year. But the sacks, the pass protection, has not been good for Ryan Tannehill throughout the season so far. And Van brings up the point, you know, one of the things that the Titans have improved on is giving up sacks. And I'm with you, Van, right? They have improved on that. The problem is, though, they started the season so bad that even the improvement that they've shown has still not been great. There have been a lot of times where, you know, Ryan Tannehill, you would hope or you would think would have the ability to climb the pocket, to move around, navigate, to avoid pressure. But because the offensive line is failing and collapsing, there's really nowhere for him to go. And and so that is something else that we can't blame Ryan Tannehill for is the carousel on the offensive line, the, the injuries that have taken place there, and the fact that a lot of times they just have not been very good at giving him pass protection, especially early in the season when, when Tannehill was on pace to shatter, uh, you know, probably some records in that department. I remember the stat we were going off of around week six territory. I can't remember exactly when it was, was that Tannehill had almost gotten to already the amount of sacks he had in all of 2020. And I'm sure that number has been passed now. Um, but the pass protection, that's something else that we can't blame Ryan Tannehill for it has not been great. Gene says Tannehill's been playing shell shocked all year, and, and you know that kind of goes back to the conversation we've been having with the, with the pass protection being at the level that it has been. Uh, it's hard to not be shell shocked when you're Ryan Tannehill. Chris says, "Can we get to Tannehill? He has regressed too much. We're going to get to the negatives with Ryan Tannehill, but I think it's important to put those in context before we get to them." Again, with these with these three sort of things that we can't really blame Tannehill for. So, again, the first thing we can't blame him for is Todd Downing's mediocre play calling. We can't blame him for the pass protection. And, of course, the big one is we can't blame him for the injuries. We can't blame him for the fact that the Titans' top three receivers, Marcus Johnson, Julio Jones, and A.J. Brown, are all three unavailable right now. That's not Tannehill's fault. It's not Tannehill's fault that against the Texans at one point, the Titans lined up in an empty set that deployed Nick Westbrook-Akina, who is easily the best of these five players, NWI, Dontrell Hilliard, Anthony Ferkser, who has stunk in 2021. That guy's been invisible. Uh, Des Fitzpatrick and Chester Rogers. You're not going to have a whole lot of success in the NFL when those are the guys you're throwing to. 
You're just not. You're going to have a lot of success when the guys you're throwing to are Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, and Chester Rogers with Derrick Henry behind you in the backfield, right? But when it's those guys that we just mentioned, Hilliard, NWI, Rogers, Ferkser, Des Fitzpatrick, who has been completely and totally underwhelming as a rookie fourth-round draft pick, it's going to be hard to have success, and that's not Tannehill's fault. He hasn't been able to develop consistent chemistry with any of his receivers other than A.J. Brown. He's had guys in and out. And he's also had to play with Fitzpatrick, who, you know, so many times against the Texans two weeks ago was not in the right place. This guy who just a few days after that was screwing up drills and practice to the point where he's getting chewed out and yelled at by running back coach Tony Dews and by Mike Vrabel. Tannehill has not had a lot of luck in the weapons department. And that's the third thing that we can't blame him for. Brad says he has no weapons, and and, and he doesn't. That's what we've been talking about here. Chris says, can you stop hating? Koye says, or Koye says, this was Tannehill's time to prove that he can lead this team without his top target. So we're going to get into that in, in our second segment where we talk about the things that Ryan Tannehill can control but isn't doing a good job of, because I think you're right, Koyi, there's certainly a missing element there. But at the same time, as Mark points out in the chat, that's why we need Julio or AJ. Even one of them opens up a lot for the depth chart at wide receiver. So we've gone through these three things that Tannehill can't control that have hurt him that we can't blame him for, right? And the three things are Todd Downing's mediocre play calling, the pass protection number two, And the number three, the lack of weapons because of injury. And so off of that, before we get into topic number two, which is going to be the things that Tannehill himself is doing poorly, I want to see what you guys think because the chat has been very divided. Some people, and again, we're talking about both sides. We're talking about the positive and the negative. But I've seen a lot of people as we've been talking about the positive say, but Tannehill needs to be doing better. Tannehill needs to be doing these things better. And I imagine that when we get into the negatives, some of you people who are, who, are, who are, you know, bearing the torch right now and saying, yes, you can't blame him for these things. Some of you guys are going to be in the chat in just a few minutes saying, well, well, you know, think about the pass protection and think about Todd Downing, which we just talked about. Right. So let's set all the records straight with our two rivers forward take question of the night. And that is this. I want you to rate Ryan Tannehill's performance over the entire 2021 season. Now, I know that every week in the postgame show, Austin and Zach have you grade Tannehill's performance for the game. But right now, we're going with a 1 to 10 scale. I don't want a ladder. I don't need a ladder. I want a 1 to 10 scale. I want you to grade Ryan Tannehill's performance over the entire 2021 season. And I think that will set the record straight on this conversation. As you're putting your number grades in the chat, thinking about what you want to say, there we'll read them in just one second. But first, I want to talk to you about our friends at Two Rivers Ford because this is our Two Rivers Ford take question of the night. And Two Rivers Ford is probably the best car buying experience you can find in the Nashville area. And that's because they have non-commissioned salespeople. When you have commissioned salespeople, you get pestered, you get harassed, and you get pressured into making a decision that isn't best for you and that isn't best for your family. When you're making such a big financial leap as buying a car, you want to be able to weigh the options. You want to be able to stop and think and ask yourself, am I making the best decision? Is this what I need to be doing? And a lot of car dealerships don't want you to have that conversation. They want you to jump in and make a bad decision and just take your money. 
That's not what Two Rivers Ford is interested in. They're interested in you having a comfortable buying experience where you can weigh the options, think about what's best for you and what's best for your family. And they're where you need to buy your next car from. And also, if you're looking around there and they've got a, or, or there's a particular model or color you're interested in that they don't have, they'll order it for you. That is the Two Rivers Ford guarantee. So why don't you give them a shout? Call 800 900 1000 or go give them a visit for the best and most comfortable car buying experience in the Nashville area. Let's get into some comments here rating Ryan Tannehill's performance in the 2021 season. So as I'm looking through the comments, I'm seeing a lot of answers sort of from six to to eight. I haven't really seen an answer higher than eight as I'm looking at the comments. Corey says seven. Chris says 5.9. Very specific there, Chris. Matt says seven. Chris, another Chris says eight. Brock seven. Bobby seven. Gene seven. Dustin six. Brian seven. Justin Turner seven. Michael with a 6.5. But on the lower end, Lil Saucy 16 on YouTube says five. Ronnie says seven. Kevin says six. All these answers are sort of in the same range, right? They're all sort of in that, you know, five, five and a half to eight range. I, I didn't see a single nine, even as I'm scrolling back through the comments right now. And, and Matt, I think you bring up a good point here. It says it's hard to rate him lower than a six or a seven because the Titans are eight and four. And I think you're absolutely right, Mike. In fact, we we're going to play the clip of, uh, of Todd Downing saying that uh, Tannehill's stats haven't been indicative of his season. We couldn't get that clip to upload. But that was something Todd Downing said a couple of weeks ago. It was something that uh, quarterback coach Pat O'Hara doubled down on yesterday when he talked to the media. And that is that, that Ryan Tannehill's stats haven't been indicative of Ryan Tannehill's season. And after all, the Titans are eight. And four, and so I'm with you, Matt. It's hard to to rate him lower than a six or a seven. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put Ryan Tannehill at a six point five. I think that's a fair place to put Tannehill because he's a big reason why the Titans are eight and th- eight and four right now. I keep saying eight and three. It's like I forgotten about the Patriots game. Maybe it was very forgettable, but he's a big reason why the Titans are eight and four. He he, he hadn't caught a break, but as we're going to talk about in the next segment. There have been some problems with Ryan Tannehill that are the fault of no one other than Ryan Tannehill. We're going to get into those factors in just one second because we talked about the three things that we can't blame Ryan Tannehill for. Now I want to talk about the two things that we most certainly can blame Ryan Tannehill for. And as we make that transition from sort of the positive to the negative, I want to remind you guys that we are powered on A to Z Sports Primetime by DraftKings Sportsbook. And if you head to their website right now, DraftKings.com slash sportsbook, give them the promo code A to Z Sports. You put a $1 bet on any NFL team to score, and when that happens, that $1 becomes $100 in free bets. A to Z Sports Primetime here on this Tuesday night. I am Luke Worsham in for... Buck Rising, who is in Egypt right now. I'll be with you, obviously, tonight and then also Wednesday and Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Central Time when we go live every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday night on our A to Z Sports streaming platforms. All right. Transitioning now from the positive to the negative with Ryan Tannehill. Because we talked about the three things we can't blame him for. Let's talk about the two that we can. And the first 
was a comment that was brought up a lot earlier, and I, I can't scroll all the way back to see it, uh, but it was a good comment. I can't remember who it was. Remind me of yourself uh, in the chat, please. It's Ryan Tannehill's not elevating his teammates because the, 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 the weapons around Ryan Tannehill, as we just talked about, have not been great. Right? Again, playing with Des Fitzpatrick, who's not any good. Anthony Ferkser, who has stunk this season. Right? Those are the types of guys he's relying on. But at a certain point, the best quarterbacks in the NFL elevate their teammates. Now, that elevation gets a lot harder, again, when you're playing with guys who just really aren't any good, like Ryan Tannehill has been. But we haven't really seen a whole lot of elevation at all. I don't think Ryan Tannehill should be expected to make, you know, Anthony Ferkser look like Delaney Walker or to make Des Fitzpatrick look like, you know, Corey Davis, right? That, that's not what you're asking here. That's not what I'm asking of Tannehill. But he's playing with the guys who aren't any good, and they continue to look not very good. And I think that there's more Tannehill can be doing to elevate the talent around him. Now, and it's almost like an indefinable type of thing, right? I, I can't give you a particular stat or, or objective thing to watch for or look at to see if Tannehill has reached the point of elevating his talent. It's almost like a thing where you know it when you see it, and we're just not seeing it. We're seeing players who we think aren't very good, Fitzpatrick, Ferkser, Chester Rogers, and they're still not looking very good even when they're out there getting these big opportunities. So, Ryan Tannehill needs to be elevating the players around him. Now, and I see Mark's comment here. He says the practice squad players were already elevated. I actually clicked the wrong Mark comment. This is the Mark comment I meant to pull up. Daz didn't even make the team initially. Yeah, but, but Tannehill needs to be able to make him look not bad because we watch Des Fitzpatrick play right now, and we're like, man, that guy stinks. And again, we don't need to be looking at Des Fitzpatrick and saying, man, that guy's awesome. But Ryan Tannehill, with his play, his ability to lead, to get guys in position, and to make things happen as an NFL quarterback, and a good one at that, needs to be able to elevate his teammates, increase their level of production, increase their level of value. Chris says, can we talk about Tannehill throwing the ball, setting our receivers up to get murdered? There have been, certainly, uh, some hospital passes uh, from Ryan Tannehill this season. Chris says back-to-back division wins. I'm not sure if I'm missing something. The Titans lost a division game two weeks ago to the Houston Texans, so uh, they have not had back-to-back division wins. That's just not true. Uh, Dustin seems to agree. He says, say it for the people in the back. And look, Declan says playoffs back-to-back under Tannehill. Look, I, I get it. Tannehill's a good quarterback. You will never hear me say otherwise. I have never written otherwise. I have never spoken otherwise here or on the No Nonsense podcast or on the radio. I've never said Ryan Tannehill's not a good quarterback. He most certainly is. He's a big reason why the Titans are eight and four, and he was a big reason why they went to the AFC Championship in 2019 and won the division in 2020, right? I get that. But there are things 
like this elevation issue that Ryan Tannehill is not doing a good enough job of right now in 2021. Now, Mar brings up NWI. He is someone that I would argue that Tannehill probably has elevated, although I think NWI has done a good job for himself and has made himself a, a really you know reliable, entering the conversation like good NFL receiver. Not, not great and not good in the sense of like a uh, – um, I'm, I'm trying to think – like a Corey Davis. Like he's not quite at that level, but he's someone you can certainly get by with, probably better even maybe than what the Titans had in Tajay Sharp a few years ago. Um, back-to-back division titles is also not true. Uh, the Titans lost the division in 2019. We're in the playoffs as a wild card. So that's the first thing that we can blame Ryan Tannehill for is not elevating his teammates. And Brian, Brian brings up a good question. He says, but how, how can he do that? And I don't know. Like we just talked about, I can't give you some stat to look at. I can't give you some specific thing to say, you know, watch this. And when this happens, we will know that Ryan Tannehill is elevating his receivers. It's just sort of an indefinable thing that you know it when you see it. And you also know it when you don't see it. And we're just not seeing that right now with Ryan Tannehill. Dion asks, how vocal is Ryan Tannehill with his weapons? Uh, Pretty vocal. I I think he's a vocal guy who commands what he wants out of his receivers. Uh, Jay says that last year and this year, Luke. Okay, sure. You know, we'll give him the division championship this year, even though they have not won it yet. But, you know, odds are they will. So second thing that we can blame Ryan Tannehill for is turnovers. And now, now Reed just informed me that the videos we wanted to upload have been uploaded, which is fantastic news. And so before I talk about Ryan Tannehill in the turnovers, I'm going to let Mike Vrabel talk to you about Ryan Tannehill and the turnovers because Vrabel was asked by John Glennon of Sports Illustrated on Monday about the turnovers, about his lack of statistical production. And I thought Vrabel had an interesting answer. So we're going to talk about the second thing we can blame Ryan Tannehill for, but first, here's Titans head coach Mike Vrabel. Tannehill's numbers this year obviously much different than the last mm-hmm. two. How much of that is playing with a depleted, you know, receiver? Well, I think Ryan has to be better. I think everybody has to be better around him. You know, we we have to um, have to be better in in, a, in the middle of the pocket. We have to be better on the edges. Um, do we get open quicker? You know, be decisive. And then, you know, ball placement and decision-making from the quarterback. So, you know, that, that's, that's what it is. But we do need to be better throwing the football um, with, with whoever we're throwing it with. And, and obviously, you know, starts, starts with protection, starts with, you know, getting open and then the quarterback having the, the trust to throw to the guys. And just like that, you know, he threw ball to Dez and it was good route, good protection. Um, looked, like a, looked like a football play. And then there's other plays that, uh, you know, we need to be better on, um, you know, but again, I think that that's just, uh, it's not just one guy, but it's not just one guy. So Mike Vrabel, there, sort of basically saying exactly what we have said tonight already, which is that there have been things out of Tannehill's control that have hindered him and it takes all 11, but at the same time, there are things that Tannehill can be doing better. And one of those things as we talk about the second thing we can blame Tannehill for, is the turnovers. Now, I know that two of his interceptions against the Texans were directly the fault of Des Fitzpatrick, right? That guy's no good right now. We understand that. But 
when Ryan Tannehill throws the ball straight to the Texans linebacker, whose name is evading me because it's very hard to pronounce, that's a Ryan Tannehill problem. When Tannehill threw that arm punt to Marcus Williams against the Saints, which was wiped out by a penalty, that's a Ryan Tannehill problem. When he decided that he wanted his first pass of the Rams game to be testing Jalen Ramsey on a quick out, Jalen Ramsey, the best defensive back in the NFL, that's a problem, a Ryan Tannehill problem. And the week before that, when he throws into triple coverage against the Indianapolis Colts, that's a Ryan Tannehill problem. Now, I'm not going to blame him for the interception on Sunday. His fourth and goal had to get rid of the ball, right? That would be, I think, very unfair to Ryan Tannehill. But a lot of the interceptions that Ryan Tannehill has thrown this year were the fault of Ryan Tannehill. And Chris says, you know, Tannehill always throws it directly to a linebacker. It's weird. There have certainly been, you know, a few instances of that this season. And it is weird, Chris, because, you know, in 2020 and 2019, Tannehill was so protective of the football. And we just have not really seen that side of him throughout the season yet. Uh, But, you know, Tannehill, again, the weapons haven't been there. The play calling hadn't always been there. The pass protection hadn't always been there. But at the end of the day, when Ryan Tannehill is throwing the ball straight to defensive players, that is on Ryan Tannehill. The one to, to Gruger Hill, I believe it was the Texans linebacker that he threw it to. You can correct me in the chat if I'm wrong there. But when he throws it straight to Gruger Hill, because he's staring down A.J. Brown, that's a Tannehill problem, guys. That's not a Todd Downing problem. That's not a Taylor Lewan problem. It's not an injury problem. That's a Tannehill problem. And those types of things have happened consistently throughout the year. King Solomon says uh, his reads have been very weak all year, and the defenses are exposing that weakness in his game. I think you're, you're right on the money there that Tannehill's reads have not been good uh, throughout the season so far, and, and that's been a problem for him. And, and, you know, Mark's bringing up the point, what are the stats when A.J. or Julio are in the game? And I, I knew you guys would be bringing this up as we talk about some negative things with Ryan Tannehill. And, you know, I, I get that the boxes aren't stacked anymore and you're getting different coverages as well. But, guys, you have to be able to realize that whether it's A.J. Brown lining up at wide receiver or Luke Worsham lining up at wide receiver, Throwing the ball straight to a linebacker is a Ryan Tannehill problem. It wouldn't be a problem if he was simply throwing the ball up to give these guys a chance or if he was throwing the ball to these guys and, and they weren't able to beat their man and be physical enough because they're just not that good. But far too often, guys, that's not what's happening. When you throw the ball straight to a linebacker, when you throw the ball straight to Jalen Ramsey, when you fling it up to Marcus Williams in the back of the end zone, when you throw it into triple coverage against the Colts very early in the first quarter and it gets intercepted, that is a Ryan Tannehill problem, not the players that are around him. The production, the lack of explosiveness, the lack of big plays, yes, that's a problem with the guys who are around him. But throwing the ball straight to the defense is a Ryan Tannehill problem. Keelan laughing at the idea of me playing wide receiver, Luke playing in the slot. You know, playing backyard football growing up, I was mostly a quarterback because, believe it or not, I probably had the biggest arm of, of our friend group. Now, I was a lot like Blaine Gabbert. Like, I had horrific tunnel vision. 
and was not incredibly accurate, but I could sling that sucker. All right. Now, but, but when I wasn't playing quarterback, I was playing slot receiver because I was slow and small, and that's what I could manage out there. Chris seems to agree. He says, preach, Luke. Mark says he needs to leave. Great show. I appreciate you joining us tonight. Mark, Charles says, but we are okay. And that's the thing. Like, you have to remember, Titans are leading the division. They're 8-4. and four, But that doesn't mean that we're not allowed to criticize the quarterback. Just because you have a winning record doesn't mean that you are, uh, uh, you know, banned from being criticized. Right? There are things wrong with Ryan Tannehill. And, and I hope that, that those of you who have been here for the whole show and aren't just joining us now can see the whole picture. Because what we started with was the three things that we can't blame Tannehill for. Todd Downing, the pass protection, uh, and the weapons around him. Right, But at the same time, off of that, there are things that we can blame Ryan Tannehill for. Four. Mark says there's a lot of marks in the chat tonight. I, I certainly recognize that. I feel like I've said, you know, Mark says whatever several times tonight. All right. We've talked about the three things we can't blame Tannehill for. We've talked about the two things we can blame Ryan Tannehill for. And so I want to see what you guys think about one of those two things we can blame him for. We talked about the interceptions. I've made my defense for why I think you can blame Tannehill for a lot of those interceptions. And so I got a question for you guys. Big deal, small deal, no deal, Ryan Tannehill's interceptions. Do you think Ryan Tannehill's interceptions, his propensity this season to turn a football over, is that a big deal, a small deal, or a no deal type of situation? As you're thinking about your answers, you're putting those in the chat. We'll get to those in just one moment. But first, I'm going to talk to you about our friend Gary Ashton because he is one of our sponsors of A to Z Sports Primetime. He also sponsors our Sunday morning pregame show every Sunday morning about 10 a.m. here on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, hosted by yours truly. Gary's the best in the biz, guys. He's the official real estate provider of the Titans and the Nashville Predators, and he has those distinctions for a reason. Gary's catchphrase that he puts on billboards all over town is don't sell without the intel, and the reason that he can do that is because he's, he's darn good at his job, and he can provide you with the best intel in the national real estate market. Everyone knows, for the most part, I think a lot of people know anyway, that you know I haven't bought a house lately, but I totally know right that this national real estate market is uber competitive and uber hot right now. And so for the best competitive advantage you can get, if you're looking to buy or sell a home in the Nashville area, you need to go to Gary to get your dream address without the stress. And you can do that by going to Gary Ashton. Also, be sure to check out his tailgate at every Titans home game. That's where Reed and I set up and do our uh, morning pregame show uh, when the Titans play at home. All right, guys, let's get into your comments. Big deal, small deal, no deal. Ryan Tannehill's interceptions. Lots of comments pouring in. Try to get to as many of them as we can. Mark says no deal. Brock says big deal. Corey says small deal. Sam says small. Preston, big. Van, big. Uh, let's see. Lewis, very, very big deal. Lucas thinks this is a, a major problem for the Tennessee Titans. Tyree says big deal. Tyran, or excuse me, Brian, I misread that. I had my glasses on. I don't know what happened. Brian says big deal. Uh, Jay says big deal. Lewis says no deal. Angelique says big deal. Little saucy, big deal. Big deal, says Nika, and big deal, says William. Here's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to say small deal. Because I think it is a problem. 
And we have talked about the reasons why I think it is a problem. When he's throwing a ball straight to the defense, that's a Ryan Tannehill problem. But at the same time, as you guys have pointed out so many times in the chat, the Titans are 8-4. and four. They're winning. They lead the division. And as of a week ago, they led the entire American Football Conference in terms of records. So it's a deal, right? It matters. It's a problem. But it is not something that is hemorrhaging the Titans. It did against the Texans uh, when the Titans had five total turnovers and four of them were Tannehill interceptions, but it didn't against the Patriots. And it hasn't really in any single game uh, this season. It, it's just been sort of a long trend uh, thing. So I'm going to go with small deal, uh, but I, I think all of you, no matter what your answer was in the chat, certainly have an argument to make. A to Z Sports primetime here on this Tuesday night as we have had a Ryan Tannehill show. And we're about to transition into college football. We're going to talk a little bit in our Gone Viral segment about uh, Brian Kelly, who is now the head coach at LSU. We're going to talk about um, Lincoln Riley, who is now the head coach at USC. Uh, we'll mention quickly yet another Titans injury today, Monty Rice going on uh injured reserve so so that's a problem for them as they continue to be depleted at that inside linebacker spot now without rice long and evans uh certainly no good there at all uh but before we get into the college football topic i am going to remind you about the great deal that DraftKings sportsbook has going on for you right now because we are powered on az sports primetime by DraftKings sportsbook and right now if you head to their website draftkings.com slash sportsbook Use the promo code A to Z Sports. You put $1 on any NFL team to score. When that happens, that $1 becomes $100 in free bets. You must be present in Tennessee and 21 years old or older to play. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants to seek help, call the or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9788. Nine. Time for our Gone Viral segment, which we're going to use as a bit of a segue into the big college football news of the early week. So uh, w when Reed and I were having our pre-show meeting tonight and, and we had to decide what we we're going to talk about for Gone Viral, it was a pretty easy choice for me because I was eating, uh, I was eating dinner tonight and I just could not stop seeing this one tweet scroll across my timeline. And I'm going to pull it up right now. Uh, it, it comes from Robert Franklin, who I'm assuming is a sports photographer of some kind. Uh, and, and he writes this very wild caption that has gotten a lot of run, a lot of attention. I'll read it for you guys right now. This is a Brian Kelly photo I shot on the sidelines during the November 2nd, 2013 Notre Dame Navy football game. Yes. And I'm going to do this as a dramatic reading because it's no fun if I just read it monotone like I was. I shot this photo on the sidelines during the November 2nd, 2013 Notre Dame Navy game. Yes, it's real. The gesture was made on his own sideline immediately following a Tommy Reese turnover in the red zone. I've kept it under wraps for eight years now. Yes, it's real. What are we doing? What are we doing, Robbie? That's his name, right? Robbie Franklin? Yeah. What are we doing, Robbie? What What are we doing there? Because uh, I feel like that is probably not the first time that a coach has flipped the bird at his team. 
sure they're kids, whatever. But this tweet, this post by our boy Robbie is uh, is really making its way around tonight. And I have not seen one person be legitimately outraged by this. Most people have been very jokey about it, saying sarcastic things like, you know, my my son just w- looked at this and now he has a drug problem, right? I saw a, a great tweet that made that joke. You know, this is ridiculous. Like, I, I don't understand. If you want to point, you know, post, post the picture and say, you know, this is who you're getting, LSU, you know, then it's funny. But but the drama is what gets me. The, this whole long, you know, <laughs> uh, Mark, one of the many marks we have in the chat, Mark Jones says he was showing him a boo-boo. Yep, that's definitely what was happening. But what gets me about this tweet is the drama. It's like the, it's like an opening to a movie. It's like, yes, it's real. The, and and the, the funniest part of this is the word gesture. You can't just say, like, flipping the bird. He says, the gesture. Just a very strange tweet all around. But I think that can lead us into a, a broader conversation about Kelly and about uh, the, the college football hires in general that we have seen over the last two days, namely Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley, because both of them sort of left in unfavorable and uh, ways that have left their fan bases and their teams upset. So Brian Kelly, well, let, let's start with Lincoln Riley. So Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma after their loss on Saturday, gets hired by USC, big job, of course. Lincoln Riley did not meet with his team. He just left. He took off. Uh, and uh, Reed and I were talking before the show. Apparently, Manuel Ocho pointed out that uh, when he got off the plane at the tarmac, in California, he was still wearing his Oklahoma shoes. So so that was the situation that Lincoln Riley left under. And then Brian Kelly, what he did was, you know, with Notre Dame still in contention for the college football playoff, he not only leaves them, but informed the team first over what I've seen on Twitter. And I wish we had I wish I had thought to, to pull this tweet. But it was like a group me message. It was like, you know, men. We will, I will be meeting at 7 a.m. to tell you about, you know, leaving the team. I'm sorry you had to find out this way over social media. And apparently he had this, like, one-and-a-half-minute thing with the team at 7 a.m. where he, like, didn't even take questions after. He just announced he was leaving and then, you know, jetted off. So both very strange, very uh, perhaps unclassy ways of leaving. I don't think the problem here is that they're leaving for better jobs. I think – the problem is the way that they decided to navigate those. So as we wrap up tonight, we have this conversation. I'm curious what you guys think. I've got one more question for you guys tonight, and that is this. Which of those two situations, Brian Kelly or Lincoln Riley, who I guess left in a worse way? That, that's how I'll ask this question tonight. Who, or who handled it worse? Was it Brian Kelly leaving uh, Notre Dame to go to LSU, or was it Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma to go to USC? Who handled it worse? Curious what you guys have to say about that. As you're thinking about your answer, putting those in the chat, I want to talk to you about our friends at Brimac because they are where you need to go for all of your HVAC needs. Whether it is commercial, whether it is private in your home, Brimac has you covered in their satisfaction guarantee will make you be able to get them for your business with peace of mind. So 
And they're the best in the business for a reason, guys. Whatever you need in terms of heating and cooling, especially as the weather continues to get colder. Uh, tomorrow's the first day of December, right? Whatever you need, give Brymac a shout. Go to their website at brymac.com. And, of course, we're powered on A to Z Sports Primetime by DraftKings Sportsbook. And if you head to their website, draftkings.com sportsbook, use the promo code A to Z Sports. $1 bet on an NFL team to score becomes $100 when that Happens. All right, let's see what you guys have to say in the chat. Who left in a worse way? Who did a worse job of leaving their situation? Was it Brian Kelly or was it Lincoln Riley? Seeing a few comments in the chat here. Jordan says Lincoln Riley. Tyrese says Kelly left in a worse way. Riley just got scared. And, you know, Chris says he's from Memphis. I remember when John Calipari left to go to Kentucky. Excuse me, to go to Kentucky. He cried for a whole week. You know, I immediately started, this is what Stacy says, Brian Kelly, just like when Lane Kiffin left Tennessee, that's immediately what I started to think of throughout all of this. Lane Kiffin was the first person to come to mind when I saw these stories, because I think you're right, Stacy. I don't think there's a whole lot of difference in what Lane Kiffin did that led to the couch burning and the fiascos in Knoxville and what Brian Kelly did. Uh, let's see. Uh, Corey says Brian Kelly was worse. You didn't hear any rumors that he was even a candidate with Lincoln. You heard whispers. Uh, uh, let's see. Sounds like Jackie says Riley handled it worse than Kiffin in 09. I, I think that there are perhaps arguments to be made there, but you know, overall, I think that you have to say Brian Kelly handled this worse because even though he like Lee and Riley didn't meet with the team, but you got to think Brian Kelly is still in contention or was still in contention with Notre Dame for a playoff spot. Sent his team the group me message announcing this. And then, like, I almost think it's better to do what Lincoln Riley did where you not meet with your team, where you, you, you apparently he ghosted his recruiters, and he, uh, at, on top of all of that, like, took a lot of the staff from Oklahoma with him. But Brian Kelly, having this, you know, one-and-a-half-minute meeting with his team at 7 a.m. and then jetting off, like, I, I think that's way worse than, than not meeting at all. So I, I think Brian Kelly way worse than Lincoln Riley in this situation. John says, Luke on the primetime show. What did I miss? Buck is in Egypt. So I will be with you guys, uh, obviously tonight and then tomorrow and Thursday as well. But that is going to do it for this Tuesday edition of A to Z sports primetime. I hope that nobody got too rattled with our Ryan Tannehill conversation. I think we had some good dialogue, lots of really great comments in the chat tonight, guys. Like, and this was really awesome, really good to have this, this conversation about Ryan Tannehill. It's great to have each of you in with us. We'll be back tomorrow, barring an unforeseen development. I want to talk a little bit tomorrow about what we can realistically expect this bye week to do for the Titans and maybe who could get healthy over the next uh, 12 days before the Titans play their next game. But until tomorrow night at 8 p.m. when I will see you all again, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Have a great night, everybody.